Open your Bibles with me to Proverbs 16.4. Let's take a short review of why praise and thanksgiving are important and why they have a role in a New Testament church and why we ought to offer up these New Testament sacrifices to God continually. We don't need to be here to do it. We can do it in our homes. We can do it with one another. Whenever we speak to one another, we should have many things to say in the way of praise and thanksgiving. Let me remind you of some very basic and simple facts. You were made for the pleasure of God. You were not made for your pleasure. God did not make man upright and then get surprised by what took place in the Garden of Eden. It was all entirely under his control and direction, or he would have never created such a garden. Nor would he have put the fruit the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil there. You were made for God himself. Amen. And if you want to fulfill your purpose, you will spend your life seeking to please God and praise and thanksgiving please him. Amen. Proverbs 16.4, a verse that we're very familiar with, tells us the Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. This is what we believe about our purpose in the universe. God made us for himself. Revelation 4.11 would put it this way. Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Amen. We are and were created for the pleasure of God. And we give him pleasure. When we open up our hearts and our lips and our mouths and bless Him and exalt Him and magnify Him and thank Him for all that He is and all that He has done for us. Fulfill your purpose and the Lord will bless you with the desire of your heart. That's right. Delight thyself also in the Lord and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. There's no greater thing to get excited about than the glory of the great God and Savior we have through Jesus Christ our Lord and all that they have done for us. Turn to Psalm 69, the three verses that I put in the preparatory email yesterday. I want you to see them again, and let's just remind ourselves again of what they say. Psalm 69. We are told David was a man after God's own heart. One of the character traits of that man was he loved to give praise and thanksgiving. Don't you run into it over and over and over in the book of Psalms. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. Verse 30, David says, I'm going to praise the name of God with a song, and I'm going to magnify Him with thanksgiving. When we magnify God, we make Him larger. We make Him bigger. We, We speak of His greatness. We lift Him up so that He is enlarged in our hearts and our minds. We magnify Him. You know what a magnifying glass does? It makes things larger. 
And we magnify God when we speak of Him and give Him the glory that is due unto His name. And we talk of how great He is and how glorious He is. We magnify Him. And David said, I want to praise Him with a song and I want to magnify Him with thanksgiving. That is praise and thanksgiving. If you have inside of you, by the Spirit of God, a desire to be like David, this is what filled his heart. And this is what he wanted to put in his lips. A song of praise. And he wanted to give thanks. Let me say it right now. Being thankful is not enough. Being thankful is not enough. God is not pleased with you being thankful. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 You have to open up your mouth and give Him thanks. You have to give it to Him. Give it to Him with your mouth and your tongue and your lips. It's not enough to be thankful. It's not enough to enjoy the good things He gives us. We want to give thanks to Him. Verse 31 This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. I'm repeating myself right now from what I wrote you yesterday. But it's because I want you to get the point. I rejoice when I read about Solomon killing 120,000 sheep and sacrificing 22,000 oxen to dedicate the temple on one day. It rejoices my heart to see such largeness of heart in the worship of God. But even under the Old Testament, when God required sacrifices of sheep and oxen, even under the Old Testament when great saints offered such large sacrifices, this was still the truth back then. Praising God with a song and giving thanks to His name was more important and more pleasing to God even under the Old Testament. Amen. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock that hath horns and hoofs. Now do you know why David was a man after God's own heart? David just didn't follow the letter of the Old Testament. He fulfilled its spirit. He offered those sacrifices, and remember, he would always pay full price for them. Remember, he spent the last 20 years of his life gathering together all the materials that he could to build that temple. Right. But he knew that it was what he gave with his mouth to the Lord that pleased him more than gold and silver and horns and hoofs. Let's give him, you know that's true under the New Testament. It was even true under the Old Testament. How much more is it true today? Verse 32 this is the effect of what we're doing today, if your heart is right and you've come prepared. The humble shall see this and be glad. The songs that you just sang, the songs that you just heard, others sing to you. Did it make your heart glad? Amen. Did it make your heart glad to hear the words, In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. Amen. All people... That on earth do dwell. Come before the Lord with thanksgiving and praise. Amen. If he hadn't reached outside the tiny confines of the nation of Israel, we would be without hope, Gentile dogs in this world. All people that on earth do dwell. Give him praise and thanksgiving and it lifts the hearts of the righteous. The humble shall see this and be glad. The humble are those who have their hearts right with the Lord. They've confessed their sins. They're coming as a needy people, looking to worship God. And someone stands up with a song and stands up with thanksgiving. And they're made glad. And then look at what it says. For those of you that feel kind of dull this morning, 
For those of you that may be overwhelmed with circumstances in your life. For those of you that are disappointed and fearful. It'll make your heart live. Look at what it says in the last part of verse 32. Your heart shall live that seek God. Those of you that are seeking God and feel a coldness, a dullness, a deadness. Your heart can come alive in a service like this. Not because of our eloquence, but because of our noise to the glory of God. If your heart is right. This is why we do it. This is why they did it then. This is why we do it now. Psalm 34. Psalm 34. I want my heart to live today. I've been waiting for this day. My heart is alive. Is your heart alive this morning? Let's live. And let's help each other live. The purpose of a New Testament church is not to create an audience for a preacher. The purpose of a New Testament church is to exhort one another daily. Lest we depart from the living God through the deceitfulness of sin. And one of the ways we do that is to lift our hearts up in praise to the God who has given us everything. You are so blessed. Do you know that you're the most blessed 17 year old on earth? I think you're still 17. Okay. Okay, I'll pick on someone else. Do you know that you're the most blessed 13 year old on earth? If you don't know it, come and see me afterward, but make sure you've got some time. Because I will list the blessings that you have. Let's offer up thanksgiving to him. And I don't care if he gives us any more. I don't care if he takes some away. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Do you know what is still true? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he worshipped. Job worshipped with nothing. Are we still going to worship with nothing? Because he is still God. And everything that counts, we still have. And it's never going to be taken away from us. Psalm 34. You teenagers that I just dressed. I wasn't a thankful teenager. I wasn't a thankful teenager. I want you to outstrip me a hundredfold with thanksgiving and praise. I was the most blessed. 13-year-old and 17-year-old. So are you. That's neat about how the Lord can bless everyone. And we can all say that. You can all be sitting there saying, I'm the most blessed man in this assembly. You should be saying that in your hearts. Fight me. Fight me in your thoughts. Covet. Aren't you already the most blessed person? Can't you list the blessings? Aren't they great? Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. We have the same people under consideration, don't we? The humble. Those who have their hearts right before God. They are not thinking highly of themselves. They've come before God to worship Him. And just like Psalm 69, the humble are made glad when they hear sacrifice and praise offered up from other sinners that have been saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. David's, David's purpose in verse 1 was to bless the Lord at all times and God's praise to continually be in His mouth. He says in verse 2, He's going to make His boast in the Lord. You know, the world does a lot of boasting. 
And we can do our boasting. Today's a day for boasting. But it's boasting in the Lord. Look what the Lord has done. Go and tell your friends what great things the Lord hath done for thy soul. It's not what great things we have accomplished, but what great things He has accomplished through us, in spite of us. Praise the Lord. The humble hear thereof and be glad. Boasting is contagious when it's done right. Verse 3, there's that word again. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us all agree together today that we're going to make the Lord as great and as high and as glorious as we can. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt. Let's lift up His name together. Let's do it together. We sang together. We've prayed together. We're looking at God's scriptures together. Get up and help me do this. Let's worship the Lord in His house today. Psalm 40. Psalm 40. Saints are made glad by a praise and thanksgiving service. Hearts come to life when it's done right and you come prepared and looking for a blessing. Doubters are given faith. The fearful are given courage. And the discouraged are encouraged. If you'll listen and rejoice in your heart. Because the Lord is great and He's greatly to be praised. And He's great on behalf of His saints. He will deliver you. He will help you. He will prosper you. Trust in Him this day. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. And He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. We should show a difference from those around us. Because the Lord should have a song in your heart, and in your mouth. People should see it. And say, what's happened to him? Like they said of Israel, the Lord hath done great things for them. As that little nation took the land of Canaan from seven nations greater and mightier than themselves. Has the Lord lifted you out of a miry pit of any kind in your time? Has he put your feet on a rock, established your goings, and put a song in your mouth? Then let it out. Let us hear it. Let us hear it. It'll cause our hearts to live. Look at Romans 15. Romans 15. Did you know it was prophes- that this service was prophesied in the Bible? Do you know that? This service was prophesied in the Bible. Paul wrote about it. Romans 15. And verse 11, a quotation from Psalm 117 and verse 1. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. This is a prophecy from the Old Testament that the little nation of Israel was not going to be the only people praising and blessing the Lord, but it was going to be expanded to the Gentiles. And here we are described, praise the Lord, All ye Gentiles and laud him, all ye people. To laud him is to talk about all the great things he has done. And there are many to talk about. In the word of God, in our own lives. 
I could take you and show you in the Old Testament that it was Levites and priests that had the office of giving praise and thanksgiving. But we are the kings and priests of the New Testament, as I mentioned earlier this morning. And we get to do that ourselves in a simple assembly like this. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.18 and see that text that we know so well, but that we may forget all that's contained in it. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 As the Apostle Paul would come to the end of an epistle, he would often throw down sundry and miscellaneous exhortations to his readers so that they would have many little statements of things that they ought to be doing. And 1 Thessalonians 5 is no exception to that habit of our brother Paul. And in the midst of telling us in verse 16 to rejoice evermore, in verse 17 to pray without ceasing, he says in verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you've ever heard someone say, I wish I knew what God's will for my life is, then say, I know it. Amen. Right. Give thanks. Amen. In everything, give thanks. No matter how bad you think some circumstance is, it can be worse. Again, I'll make you a deal. If you think it's as bad as it can get with you, see me afterwards, but have some time. Because I'm going to tell you how much worse it could be. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God. You want to know God's will for your life? This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is why He saved you. To give thanks in everything. Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Oh Lord, hear us. We're listening to your word. We're being reminded that praise and thanksgiving is very important. Stir up our hearts. Loosen our lips. That we'll give you praise. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. And established in the faith as ye have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving. What should the life of a Christian be once they're established on the solid rock of God's doctrine of salvation in Christ Jesus? Where they have their roots and their foundation established? Abounding with thanksgiving. That means just full of thanksgiving. It's a shame that we're not as thankful as we should be. Do you need to smell hell? Before you'll be thankful. What's wrong with us? It's our corrupt flesh. But we have a spirit inside us that should know better. And let's let that spirit guide our lips today. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Look at chapter 3. Colossians 3. I want you to see this as a New Testament rule for the saints of God. Verse 15. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let's keep going. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace 
in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Look at that, verses 15, verses 17. Giving thanks to God by the Lord Jesus Christ. No wonder it's said in Hebrews 13, 15. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. This is a New Testament teaching. David had already tasted what the New Testament was going to be like with his understanding that praising God was more important than horns and hoofs. And you should know that better than David ever knew it. Because you know the son of David. Look at Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Colossians 4, 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. You make sure that your praying includes thanksgiving. Because while you're asking God for something, you should not overlook the fact that He's already answered countless other requests that you've made. And more than that, countless that you never asked. Because He took care of all those things on His own because He knows what you have need of before you ask. So while we're being vigilant and continuing in prayer, we must include thanksgiving. Otherwise, don't expect your prayers to be heard. Because he wants to know you're thankful for what he's already done. Look at Psalm 30. Psalm 30. God blesses us in order to get a response from us. He wants to hear our thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 30. Verse 11. Psalm 30, verse 11. Thou hast turned for me my mourning. Into dancing. I call that a reversal of fortune. A reversal of spirit. Look at the change from mourning to dancing. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. Why? To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. To the end that my glory, what is your glory? Right here in your mouth. God could have given you a hole, a sewer line where you dumped your food in and it just fell into your stomach and the acid would have dissolved it. Listen, he didn't need to create this for you to masticate your food for helping in digestion. He gave you this because it's your glory. Your tongue is your glory because it gives God glory when it's used right. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Because when we're under the heavy hand of God, when David would describe himself as having all his moisture dried up, what what was his tongue doing then? It was quiet. And so God would change his life, give him a blessing, deliver him from his troubles. Why? To use that tongue for the praise of God. And so what does David say? Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Amen. Has he ever turned your mourning into dancing? Oh, yes. Amen. More than once? Yes. More than twice? Yes. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Look at Ephesians 1. Why did God save us? Why did he choose us, predestinate us, redeem us, 
make us accepted in the beloved, reveal it to us, send his gospel to us. Why did he do all those things? To the praise of the glory of his grace. Are you praising his grace? Do you praise the glory of his grace? Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Verse verse 3 tells us that all spiritual blessings are in Christ Jesus. Verse 4 tells us that he's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should have no blame but be, but be, be before him in love. Verse 5 tells us we've been predestinated to become the children of Jesus Christ by special adoption. Verse 6 tells us why. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. This is what, that's what will matter when you stand before Almighty God and the books are opened. What will be important is, has God accepted you? And God accepts us in the beloved because he chose us in Christ Jesus, his only begotten son, his beloved son in whom he was well pleased. We shall be saved forever because we're in Christ Jesus, the beloved son of God. But why did he do all that? To the praise of the glory of his grace. Verse 6. We can come down to verse 12 as this long sentence continues. And a new sentence takes up in verse 7 and continues. And it says in verse 12 that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Paul, speaking of being one of the first Jewish converts to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we should be to the praise of his glory. Right. And we don't have to wait to get to heaven to praise his glory. Right. We can do it right here. Some of you love Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefit package, because it is pretty good. Bless the Lord. Remember Brother Lou Nappy telling you about the benefit package that the Lord offers? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then he goes on to describe some of them, and they're pretty good. They're very good, is what I'm trying to tell you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Forget everything else today. Let's, it's the Lord's day. It's not your day, it's the Lord's day. Let's give Him the whole day, and let's give Him all that we have inside us. Turn back to Psalm 35. Psalm 35. I won't take much longer. There's so many verses on praise and thanksgiving in the Bible. That's what he created us for. What in the world are angels thanking him for? I can read in the Bible that angels thank him. What do they have to be thankful for? They must be making it up in comparison to you and me. We're so far ahead of them. Do you know who, do you know what they are in relationship to us? And I mean no disrespect. To those that are listening right now, and I mean the angels that are listening, they are our servants. And we didn't make that choice, angels that are listening. Almighty God made that choice. You desire to look into the things that he's done for us because he's adopted us as his sons. And we mean no disrespect, but we bless the God of heaven. We have more to be thankful for than you. And it's a shame that you hear us giving thanks so rarely. Psalm 35, in thinking about our tongues and our mouths, in verse 28 it says, And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. 
That's a good use for a tongue. You know, in Ephesians it says that the judgment of God is coming upon men for filthiness, foolish talking, and jesting. Things that our generation is addicted, things that our generation are addicted to. But what does it say we ought to be using our mouths for instead of filthiness, foolish talking, and jesting? It says, but rather the giving of thanks. Not being thankful, because that doesn't involve the mouth. Giving of thanks, involving the mouth. That is what we should be talking about with each other. Not foolish talking, not jesting. That's Ephesians 5, verse 4. Foolish talking, jesting, and filthiness are the wrong use of the mouth, but rather giving of thanks. Thank the Lord for all the good things. We could step outside and just start going with thanksgivings. Things in the heavens, things on this level, things under the earth, in the sea, all the things that the Lord hath made. And all things should praise the Lord. Everything in here. We have so many things to be thankful for. And that's what we should be using our mouths for. Look at Psalm 71. Psalm 71. This pleases the Lord for us to give praise and thanksgiving. David said in Psalm 71, verse 8, Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Let's covet, earnestly covet, this kind of a spirit. Psalm 71, 8, Let my mouth, this is a prayer. David wanted more. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Look at verse 15 of the same chapter. Psalm 71, verse 15, My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. For I know not the numbers thereof. Do you know our generation thinks that we can calculate anything? They can't calculate the goodness of God. There is no big blue or any other computer, supercomputer, that can calculate the goodness of God. I know not the numbers thereof. It's infinite. Do you, do you believe that? Amen. When it says count your blessings, name them one by one, when would you finish? It's going to take eternity. That's right. Thank you. I know not the numbers thereof. Does it really please the Lord? Look at Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Do you all know that Psalm 107 is that psalm that's got five sections to it? And at the end of each section it says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Do you like that psalm? Psalm 107, do you know about that psalm? Do you read it? Do you think upon it? Do you know that those verses that say, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and with an exclamation point? Do you know that God preserved an exclamation point in that psalm to remind you of how important it is? Yes, we believe in the exclamation points in our King James Bibles. Because God's providentially blessed those exclamation points for 400 years. He says it in verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 21, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 31, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 43, 
Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Wise men observe and perceive the blessing of God. You can't be delivered at sea unless you are in a storm. You can't be delivered from famine unless you're hungry. You can't be delivered from enemies unless you have some. And God delivers from all those things. And oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Does he love it when men praise the Lord for his goodness? How about verse 22? And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Everyone's been blessed in here. Where are the nine? All of you have been blessed, but where are the nine? There was only one cleansed leper that on his way to the priest turned back and came and threw himself down at the feet of Jesus at his feet on the ground, face to the earth and glorified God and gave thanks for his cleansing. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Let that haunt you for the rest of your life. Where are the nine? I blessed ten. I gave them brand new skin. So perfect and pure that they can go to the priest and be cleared for public. To be in the public instead of quarantined and isolated. Where are the nine? And that's been true ever since. There's about a tenth that give thanks to God and praise Him. But where are the nine? Let us never fall into the category of the nine, but in the category of that one Samaritan that came back. Do you know what it says? With a loud voice, he glorified God and gave thanks that he had been healed from his leprosy. The risk of not doing it is great. Deuteronomy 28 tells us, That because of the abundance of all things God gave Israel, if they did not give him thanks and serve him with gladness, he would put a yoke of iron upon them until he had destroyed them. Deuteronomy 28, verses 47 and 48. Romans chapter 1 tells us that the reason we have sodomites in this land is because men are not thankful for all of God's blessings. We have a nation that God has poured out so much bounty upon, and men are not thankful to him, and so God rewires their brains to think that another man is sexually attractive. That is Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Because they did not glorify God, neither were thankful. God judges men. Let us be a thankful people. Praise is comely for the upright. It's a beautiful thing when they do it. The Lord loves to see it and it makes them beautiful. You should talk of all God's wondrous works. Let's be like the Gadarene and tell what wonderful things God has done for our souls. And let's do it in public. You're in Psalms. Turn to Psalm 35. Psalm 35. Two verses and let's, let me close. And let you open. Let praise begin. Psalm 35. This is David and what he said in verse 18. I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. That's public praise and thanksgiving. That's where it does its its most good. That's where it can encourage the hearts of the humble and make them glad. That's where dead hearts can come to life. Because they hear someone else blessing the Lord. 
And we'll close with 1 Corinthians 14, 16, which tells us it was a practice in the New Testament church for public giving of thanks and for saying amen at that public giving of thanks. It's a shame that there may be some Pentecostal and charismatic type groups that say amen more than Baptists. And it's a shame that Baptists who can hardly eke it out say it more than the Presbyterians most of the time. I mean, there's just these degrees of formality to relate. Where is that taught in the Bible? Yes, we are to worship God with reverence and godly fear, but the Bible defines reverence and godly fear and it includes amen. That sounded better. 1 Corinthians 14, 16. Else, this is why speaking in tongues in a New Testament assembly had no value. Because it's not edifying. Else, if you're talking in a foreign language, else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? If you get up here and say something in Russian, we don't know when to say amen because we can't tell what you're saying. You may be blessing very well, as verse 17 says, Thou verily givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. But when we get edified by something you say, we should say amen. That's why we don't speak in tongues. We speak in our English tongue. And we're able to praise God and bless God and we're able to say amen. Brother Newell is going to come and lead us. In a song, he's going to give an opportunity for Jerry Evans to come and praise the Lord. And then if others of you want to follow, we will end this service at 1045 and we'll take this up again in the second service. May the Lord bless our lips to praise and glorify his name.